My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking to Alyssa Berthiam. She is the founder of The Right Place, Right Time, and our title and theme today is Dear Universe, I Get It Now. Um, so we're going to talk to her in just a moment, but first I want to introduce her because I um, I chose her to come on the show um, she's an, an old soul. People have told her that. And also she's been told that she's claircognizant by clients. Um, and I, I think that's very interesting that that was something that was an aha moment for her because she's sitting there just doing it, you know, just being claircognizant, just using her wisdom every day. I think a lot of you out there are doing that and you don't even know it. Um, and uh, also she has struggled with ignoring that wisdom in the past and having it affect her personal relationships um, more than she would have liked. But she learned a lot of lessons from that. Um, when she started following her calling, all of that fell away. So I think she's a great example of how when we choose to follow our calling and shine our light and use our gifts, um, life tends to start looking up. Um, so dear universe, we get it now. <laughs> so welcome, Alyssa. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So why don't we start by learning a little bit more about the right place, right time? Yeah, absolutely. So the right place, right time is what I consider my virtual boutique. I like the word boutique um, of ghostwriting and book coaching services for uh, bold and badass and brilliant people across um, North America and Europe who are either looking for the coaching services to help them along in writing a book or looking for ghostwriting because they've got the story, but they don't want to do the writing part. I love it. And that's, that's a wonderful um, gift to have. And, you know, how, what is it like just curious writing, kind of taking other people's stories and then kind of slipping into that energy and writing kind of for them? How does that feel when you get to do that? Oh my gosh. Well, it's a lot of things. I would say while it's happening, it feels like being in flow and being in the zone. Um, almost like, I feel like the visual, <laughs> the visual, for that would be like the the geniuses on all of the cop shows who see the numbers and patterns float around. <laughs> in yeah. um, so like just like being so zeroed in that like time kind of falls away, and um, you know if I could just sit there and do it with some soft music in the background, I would never know what day or time it was. Um, on the other side afterwards, however, it actually can be very exhausting mm. <laughs> um, because you are really working a lot of emotional muscles. Um, and intuitive ones to figure out, well, how would they say it? What might they have been thinking at the time? Um, what might they have been feeling in their body, but also spiritually? I mean, you're really, you're taking ownership of someone else and their entire being. And we are complicated beings. We are, we are nuanced. We are multifaceted and layered um, lights and shades, right. All the things. Uh, and so when it's somebody's personal story, it's, it's an energetic lift. 
Um, and so it feels really good at the time, but man, it can be really tiring by the time you're, by the time you're done. Yeah, I can imagine because of um, I've never spoken to a ghostwriter before, but I, as I imagined, <laughs> imagined what you do, I'm like, yeah, it is like slipping into some, you know, somebody's energy to do a reading, you know, and going in and really describing what you see and describing, like, you know, a few things that they've told you, but the otherwise it's, it's kind of writing in their voice. Um, and sometimes with intuitive readings, well, all the times it's like that, like, here's what I'm seeing. Here's if I'm you, this is what I'm experiencing. So uh, can you share a little bit about how that intuition plays into the other things that you do? I know you've been told you're an old soul. You had that spiritual coach let you know, like, hey, you actually <laughs> know way more than you think. Um, yeah. Can you share a little bit about your kind of aha moments with that in the work that you do? Yeah. So um, it mostly comes in when a client is sharing something. And it could be about, they think it's about the book. They think it's about something that they're supposed to say in the book, but really ultimately whatever it is that they're trying to say in the book is something that's actually happened and something they've actually experienced. So they've put up this kind of, you know, buffer, if you will, because they're talking about it, you know, as if it's a project, but I'm thinking about it as them as a person having gone through this thing at one point in time. Right. And what will often happen is like in that moment while they're speaking, it's like, it's just like right there, like in between the eyes drops down. Um, and I know what they're saying, even if they're rambling and stumbling and can't be clear about their idea. But more than that, I'll remember something that they said last time or in our original conversation or our, our meeting before that. And I'll go, so it sounds like, right. And then I'll kind of succinctly pull it together and deliver, you know, this kind of like truth bomb, um, that, clarifies what they're saying, though they've been completely not eloquent about it and ties it to something that I heard before. And it's like, they're given this pattern or trend or truth that they didn't see for themselves before that moment. And I'm going on a little bit of what they've told me, but I'm also kind of just like, nope, I think that's it. And uh, like out the mouth, it comes. Um, and, and I don't even hesitate. Like I don't, and I used to think as a kid, that was just because I was brash and bold and didn't know when to stop talking, um, which was the adults kind of in my life being like, oh my God, would you filter yourself? Like, you know, you're, this is an adult conversation, see yourself out. Um, but always feeling like, no, what I'm saying makes a lot of sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know why you're telling me to shush. Like, um, and I just didn't, I just didn't realize until in the last like six or so years that all of that kind of like speaking with confidence and like joining conversations that might've seemed older than me or providing sage advice to people that are 10 years older than I am or more, mm -hmm. like that's a knowing that comes from somewhere, like, <laughs> because yes, how man. else would I know it? without yes. having the same experience as these other people who are, who have experienced more things than me. So, um, it's extremely helpful with, with the work that I do. Um, and it just gets stronger, I think, because the more that I deliver those kinds of, uh, truth nuggets, um, and the more that they're received as like, wow, you're right. Or I had no idea or a hundred percent, the more that I'm like, okay, that's like, that's my knowing kicking yeah. in. 
I love that. I love that. And we were, I, I just had a guest a couple of weeks ago that was saying the same thing, like, don't talk when the grownups are talking or this is, you know, this, she's saying, here's what's happening in your relationship. You just listen to me. And I was like that too. And I think that's a common hallmark with highly intuitive beings. We come in and even as children, we just see through the chaos. We see through the junk, um, but we see through the, the garbled story as well. And we can just pull that clarity out. So I think that's really cool to hear from two people literally in the same uh, few weeks that you had very similar experiences and that it helps you do the work that you do today. So how, you know, as a coach, so that's what you do as a ghostwriter, but as a coach, um, how do you encourage people to listen to that voice and to find that voice if they're having trouble doing it as a writer? Yeah. So I think, well, part of it is asking a lot of open-ended questions and it's actually very therapeutic in that, um, you know, therapists purposely don't ask close-ended yes or no kinds of questions, right? Because the therapist's job is to guide and to allow you to self-discover through their, you know, process of, gu of guiding you, right? Through, through these questions, at least with cognitive, you know, talk therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's very similar in that it's a lot of like, well, tell me more about that. Or, um, so what do you think this means for you? Or, well, tell me how you might see this and that other thing being connected. Um, it's a lot of talking about the feelings, the thoughts, the beliefs, the experiences, because ultimately that's what's getting filtered down onto the page. And so we have to approach it and understand it in order to then write about it. Right. If we don't understand, if we don't understand it, like we can't write about it and we can't make anybody else understand it. So until we have meaning and clarity for ourselves as the author, you know, we can't expect our reader to like read between our lines. You know, exactly. unless we're being purposefully vague for the sake of building tension or being really intentional, like with that type of writing. But, you know, we have to understand our own story and what it means in order to write our own story and what it means. Right. So yeah. um, it's helping them make those connections. It's giving them space and time to explore those questions. Um. And it's allowing them to be real in all honesty, mm -hmm. cry, swear, laugh, cuss, share the things that they haven't shared with anybody else. Um, and I do have a lot of clients that are like, I've never said that out loud to anyone. Oh. I've never said that out loud to my spouse even. Um, but it might not be that they were keeping anything. It might've been that nobody had asked them. Yeah. Nobody yeah. had asked that specific question. Nobody had asked them to reveal that detail. And I think that the more detailed we can get about well, what, what, what did you, what did you remember in that moment? What were you feeling in that moment? Wow. That must've really been hard. Right. And repeating back and empathizing, um, it gives voice to something they might not have given voice to in giving voice to it. It takes it out of the body and out of the mind, gives it new breath in life to be reconsidered, reevaluated, reframed, rewritten, right? And then out of that, we get this like fountain of clarity and then we can go, okay, all of the water is springing forth. Now, like now that the water's springing forth, what actually goes onto the page? What's relevant? Like, what yeah. do we need to say to the reader? Um, but we kind of have to like get that, like that burst of all of it flowing and coming out in order for us to know what to do with it. Because if it's trapped inside us, 
then we don't know what to write. We don't know what to say about it. Like we got to get it all out. The other way I like to think of it is dumping all of the puzzle pieces out of a, a box. And the very first thing most people do who are building a puzzle, right, is they sort the straight edged pieces out, right? Um, and then they rearrange. And so for me, like the, the very first thing is like, we got to dump all that stuff onto the table. We got to, all the pieces need to come out and then we figure out what belongs to make the picture. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like it's very thera- therapeutic and very healing for a lot of your clients to go through this process. Um, I know I, I attempted to write my, my book for years, you know, and, and that was therapy was dumping it out over, over a series of like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and write this book. And then it was just, I'd lose the plot. Well, I don't know, where am I going with this? What am I trying to say? Um, but a lot of it was just getting the words out. And then when it was time for me, finally, it was like, all right, I found that, that coach to help me put the outline together to realize what the point of it was and to, to actually do that. And it was one of the most, I took myself away for a week to the beach and I got 20,000 words and it was, I'll never forget that week of really getting it down. So I, I know how, how really eye-opening and awareness building that can be for people. And just to hear your process as a book coach, it sounds like you really opened that up. So very, very cool. And you mentioned before you started following this calling um, that you used to ignore your intuition, ignore that knowing that now serves so greatly in your own life and in other people's lives. So can you share about that time, if you don't mind, and what that was like and, you know, kind of how things have changed in terms of your personal relationships and your inner strength? Uh, so the, the the time frame of not listening was very long. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, common. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> Um, I would say, so as a child, you know, it was like my imagination, my creativity, um, my feelings, like all those were like big and, uh, out there and confident and, you know, and I knew by the time I was five that I wanted to be a writer. Um, I just knew it. And again, this is probably my first instance of, of the knowing, but like who believes that, uh, that a five-year-old knows something that deeply, like nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at five, it was kind of like, oh, isn't she cute? And there was space for it. There was permission for it or validation. Um, and then kind of, as I got older, there were like multiple things that were starting to happen. One, obviously peer pressures and, um, you know, trying to fit in and, and what does it mean to be cool and popular and, you know, cool and popular didn't necessarily mean the imag- imaginative girl talking to trees in the backyard, um, <laughs> Same. or that, or that would prefer, <laughs> like reading books and like writing stories into journals. Um, simultaneously, right. As like school started to become this, this like stepping stone towards more school later, um, you know, a degree in the future, a job in the future, you know, and as the older that I got and the closer I got to that adulthood, you know, it was like, well, writing's not practical and you have to choose something else. that's going to keep the lights on. It's going to pay the bills that's, you know, going to do this, that, and the other thing. And so this like combination of like figuring out what it means to belong and be accepted and what it means to be responsible and practical and do the duties that you're supposed to do as like an adult citizen, um, kind of like we're crushing this idea of like what it meant to be genuine or authentic or to understand who I was. And so I kind of lost touch 
it was almost like a nerve being severed. Um, you know, losing touch with whoever I believed I was and felt like I knew I was at such a young age to now reconcile with what outside forces in the world would suggest that I should be instead. And it just translated into being completely misaligned, being overly involved in things, saying yes to too many things, choosing activities out of, um, you know, accomplishment, meaning like, oh, I'm going to do those things because they'll look really good on a college application. I'm burnt out. I'm stressed out. I've got too much on my load for a teenager, but I'm going to keep saying yes to these things because, man, they look good on paper. Um, you know, doing things to please parents because I constantly felt like I was coming up short or disappointing them in some way because of my loudness and my intensity and my out there-ness, which to some extent was always kind of there, but I didn't know how to channel it. I didn't know it was, it was misaligned loudness and intensity because mm-hmm. I was stressed out and high strong and like, not sure what I was doing in the world. Um, and so of course, with that vulnerability and self-consciousness about my self-worth and whether or not I was approved of and those types of things, it made me completely vulnerable to the types of partners or relationships that made me feel needed and seen. And I would end up in these relationships, one right after the other, <laughs> where um, kind of my boldness and, and out there-ness with my opinions and convictions and enthusiasm and the outward looking like I knew what I wanted and what I was going for was attractive to a lot of people who didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the opposite attract kind of thing is only so good if you're balancing each other out, but I was getting just like cannibalized, <laughs> like, you know, my energy is being sucked in. They're drawn to that. They pull me into the relationship. Oh, I feel needed and seen. Oh, how good for me now. Like, I feel like maybe my emotional need might get met and it starts off that way. And then what ends up happening is that inevitably my bigness is too much for them. So they start to try to dampen me down as they dampen me down. I abandon my own needs to now caretake for their needs. And mm. because now their low worth, low self-worth is starting to show itself. Right. But instead of me being like, Oh wait, dude, no, <laughs> like, that's your problem. Not my problem. Like I'm, right? I'm the over here. I'm going to show up. However, I'm gonna show up me, the people pleaser caretaker, like, you know, wants to try to elevate them, encourage them. No, honey, you know, it's not like that. Like believe in yourself, you know, like my, my natural cheerleading tendencies, you know, to, to like, you know, want to root for people and see the good in them, um, ended up kind of being like the worst thing for me because it wasn't coming with me also saying out loud what I needed, um, drawing a line to be like, I'm not your parent, I'm your partner. Um, you know, those types of things. Um, and really it was, it was all because I was not standing in my own genuine truth of like who I am and what I want. And, you know, what am I about? It was a lot to do with how things looked and were perceived as being the right thing or the accepted thing, the next thing, you know, from cultural, you know, cultural lessons were given or familial rules that we all end up having, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And you empowered your wisdom is what I'm hearing (laughs) because it was there. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And that, that's, uh, that's your book is your universe. I get it now. I know why I had to go through that stuff. Right. And, and I think that's a, a really, um, you know, sorry, you had, to, you went through that, but you see now the value in that. And, and I think that's a great example for listeners who do have the codependent tendencies, the people pleasing tendencies, that especially when you're strong and you can feel the power of your wisdom inside and you dampen it because it's it, it, your other people are more comfortable or in, in the ordinary i call it the quote unquote or ordinary world ordinary thinking like okay we're in these ego dramas and we have to play in these ego dramas um even though you see them clearly and you know that it's not healthy it's like well i've got to do this anyway because these are my this is either my partner or my family or these are my friends and that kind of survival mode kicks in and you start to play small um to to fit in or to stay safe and once we realize that when we follow our wisdom it's going to take us where we need to go and we will always be safe and we'll be happier that's when things start really working out so it sounds like when you when you said all right enough of this i'm gonna do my thing can you share about that moment you mentioned yeah. when you started on your entrepreneurial journey, everything started to fall away. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear about that, that time in your life. Oh my gosh. So it was 2017 and um, there were a few, a few things that kind of happened. So one, a few months prior to that, I had started this new job and it was not a job that I necessarily wanted. It was a, a smart choice. It was a strategic decision um, to get my foot in the door with this up and rising company. And it was like the most money I'd ever made in this kind of like entry-level position. There was promise of advancement. The benefits were great. I could take care of my family. Um, but it, it, uh, it kind of brought to the surface some things that had gone unchecked or unresolved within my marriage. Um, I was also still kind of a new mom. My toddler had just turned one. Um, and I then miscarried shortly thereafter my second pregnancy. Hmm. Um, and so that was an excruciating pain, um, that I had never experienced, uh, a different type of loss and grief that was brand new at the time. Um, and so with you know, some unresolved stuff coming out of the water, this kind of new trauma and loss, um, still trying to figure out the parenting thing. Uh, you know, it was a lot of pressure on, on the family unit. Um, and then the other thing that was kind of playing in the background was that I had realized since giving birth to my, my first, my son, that what I ultimately wanted for him in this world was to feel like he could be himself. That's it whoever that was, whatever that meant, like for him to just be himself, like, but in recognizing that the truth that was hitting me in the face. And for me, who's a clear cognizant person, of course, not knowing that at the time, once I know something, I can't unknow it. And yeah. this is pretty much how every relationship ended right. prior to this one was like, I would just get to a point message delivered. Oh, gotta go. <laughs> and, and then it was just like fast and swift exit band-aid ripped off. People left like stunned, like what just happened? Um, when really there was a buildup the entire time up to that moment 
And there had been problems the entire time up to that moment, but it was just like, once I got the definite, like, nope, this is done. Like I just didn't waste any time at that point. Um, and so, you know, here I was, and it was like message delivered. Like you are not going to have a son who's going to know how to be himself if you are not being yourself. And that was like a, oh crap, you know, kind of truth. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I become more of me? Like, how do I become more aligned? And it was like, the more I realized that I wasn't being myself and that I wasn't really satisfied in my life, the more that it was like just added pressure and stress of what was going on at home. And, you know, there were other factors and things that were going on. Um, but it basically, it led to, you know, my separation. I moved out of the marital home. I moved in with my parents. We filed for divorce. Um, the last thing that was, was still standing was this job that I had with this promise of promotion. And as all of that is all this other stuff in life is kind of falling apart. Well, then they take the promotion away mm. and I hang on a little longer. And then it's not just the promotion. They take the whole job that I've created for myself, that they've told me to create for myself. And they tell me we're giving it to an external candidate. Mm. And when they arrive for the interview, you get to welcome them into the conference room. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, and that was like the last, like the last straw, you know, it was like, okay, that was really when I released myself, like, okay, universe, I'm done. I have gotten none of this. Correct. <laughs> not marriage, not work, not motherhood, like literally nothing. Like I am batting zero. Um, I get it. I'm dense. I have learned nothing up until now. Like, what do you need me to know? I am listening. I am all ears because that's all I have left. Like, literally everything else is gone. Um, and in that release, it was like, okay, now that you can hear us, thanks for paying attention. And it was like, poof, it was like they, them shoving this gift into my hands. Um, and I realized traditional nine to five is not for me. I don't know what I'm going to do, but now I don't, I'm not in a relationship that can keep me small. So, all right, I could be whoever I want. Um, I don't have my son half of the time. Well, now I've got to fill that time that I don't have him with stuff to keep myself busy and filled because I'm devastated that I now don't have him half of the week. I've got time on my hands now that I didn't have before, and I'm not going to squander it. Like, and I've got a promise now that I've made to myself and to my son that I'm going to be whoever I'm going to be so that he can be whoever he's going to be. So I better use this time and get it together. Like that was the silver lining. Like I've got two choices, either be devastated by not being with my kiddo half of the week or use this time to make good. And so that was my choice. It, the, uh, devastation and anger and resentment and self-shame and all those things. Like I sat there for a little while, not a great color on me. So I was like, we're going to go to the glasses half full silver lining stuff. Um, and of course the very first low hanging fruit was writing. I went back to writing. Um, and I blogged for a mom blog and that gave me confidence. And I was like, where else can I go with this? I created a website, kept blogging. Um, and I just started to put myself out there. What do I need? So I started listening to podcasts and reading books and talking with friends. And 
it was just like domino effect, domino effect, domino effect until somebody introduced me to a woman who ran a training program for uh, virtual assistants to learn how to set up businesses from their homes. And I got on a call with her and she said, you do realize you can make an entire business just from writing, right? <laughs> now I had gone and gotten a master's degree. I spent thousands of dollars in my higher education. Nobody ever said to me, I could have a business based on writing. I went because, to art school. It was the same. You just, oh now you're God. a good artist. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you could be an adjunct professor or you could go work for an academic, like small press and make no money and have no benefits. Like that was like the message. Mm -hmm. So this woman is like, you can make a whole business off of it. And she's like, and with all of your education and training and experience, she was like, you can start right out of the gate charging more than typical like VAs or whatever. And I was just like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> bring it. <laughs> like, thank you. Okay. I heard like, and I jumped, I leapt. There was nowhere else to go, but up. Um, so I saved up two months of living expenses, gave my 30 day notice, walked out the door within six months of jumping into the training program. Um, and since April of 2019, I've been on my own in this business. It's changed a lot. I lost the VA kind of wording a long time ago. Um, but I've just been on this crazy ride of evolution and growth and expansion and all kinds of wild and crazy things have happened in the last handful of years, but it's because I started saying yes to me and yes to the higher power and definitely more no to everything else. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's what it feels like to kind of turn your life around or turn, like get it directed towards your true North. It can feel like moving tons and tons of, you know, mountainside, um, but it's with that determination and that decision um, that changes everything that you're not going to stay sleepy and you're not going to keep going along with things. And that's that clear cognizant in you that says, boom, I know the truth. Okay, now it's going to be really hard for me to ignore it because I'm literally a truth teller. That's what I do. And, um, and I think that's beautiful how life kind of turned it into this opportunity for you to call, follow your calling so that you can help other people tell their truth. You know, um, it's, there's not, that's not ironic. That's definitely a meaningful kind of connection there. So you mentioned to, that sometimes still today, um, and on the show, we like to talk about the successes and, and the journey and, and, and things to inspire our listeners. But we also like to talk about the challenges because they never end. There's always something. Um, and these days, you mentioned that, that kind of attaching your self-worth self to productivity still mm -hmm. is there sometimes. And it sounds like it's the same part of you that's like, I'll do all the things to get into the good college. Um, you know, and so can you share about how that affects you now and how sometimes it makes you neglect your own creativity in favor of being productive? hundred percent. So in the very beginning of going out on the entrepreneurial journey, I was just so jazzed to be making money off of like my passion and my creativity and my gift with words that everything felt like fun all the time. It was just like pure excitement all the time. Um, but that meant that like, I would work for hours and like, I wouldn't have any boundaries around time. Right. Like, and the setup in my home was that my work or office area was basically in an open layout with my living room. So there was no door to shut at the end of the day. Like it was just always there. Um, and probably in the beginning I was getting whiplash just from like looking at notifications on my phone all the time. Like, Oh, new email must respond right now. 
Um, and eventually, right, like business became business, just like anything, right? It's really new and exciting in the beginning. And eventually it becomes routine and you slip into certain modes and you stop paying attention and, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and so business became business. Business became the breadwinner, the thing that kept the lights on, the thing that paid the bills, and therefore the biggest and most prioritized responsibility, apart from being a parent, that needed, in my mind, to come first. And that was just my accomplishment identity rearing its head, like must do the responsible thing first, must do the things that are productive, that pay the bills and make the money, because you can't survive without the things. Um, and it's led to a lot of overworking, being less enjoyed, being less engaged, um, feeling grouchy, you know, irritable, like, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and I've, you know, consciously known what is happening, consciously known it's achievement identity, it's being attached to productivity and self-worth. It's an old story and one that needs to be rewritten, um, but it's a hard one to rewrite. Mm, and yes, yes, yes. Um, as a person who now knows my human design, um, my human design is like ripe with the push and pull of responsibility on one side and creativity on the other. Mm. So this is like going to be my life's uh, pressure point yeah. to be work with. Definitely. Well, I can see that in, the, in your cards. I just drew a few for you, if you don't mind me sharing that now. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, it's definitely, um, you're in a healing um kind of phase in your life. And it's really about detoxing all the old parts of you that kept you stuck that no longer serve you. And one thing that you're learning to sort of tame at this time is the egoic desire to be, um, a, you know, like you said, I let you mention achievement identity. Um, that That's a very interesting term, because it is like, if if I don't, if I'm not the top, if I'm if I'm not doing my best, and somehow I'm not worthy or there's some, you know, there's some kind of feeling of, well, what's the use? Like I'm not useful or something. And I certainly um, have dealt with that in my own life, um, not being a super overachiever per se, but just noticing the people pleasing part. Sometimes if it's not useful to others in some way that, you know, well, what's the, what's the use of me? And there really is no use for that part <laughs> if it's uh, other than being kind and polite and, you know, service and all that stuff. But it's turning, I think for you, it's turning that people-pleasing part because that's part of the productivity issue for you is that you want to do the best for others. And yes, it is about, you know, making money and doing well in your business, but it's like, okay, I get the gold star if, if everybody is super happy with my work the first time and I'm being timely and et cetera, et cetera. And there's like almost like a dragon behind you, like breathing down your neck sometimes. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> and so um, you're coming out of this time of wanting to heal that and, and you're on the journey. So sometimes it feels like you backslide, but really coming up, um, if you can do any kind of very specified focus work on boundary setting, making sure you set your intentions on that and follow through, it's going to be retraining yourself. Um, and there's those old habits that just die really, really hard. Um, because like you said, it is going to be your lifetime battle, but it doesn't have to feel like that. It's almost like you could put that achievement, achievement identity on a little leash and like learn how to <laughs> train it a little bit. So when it gets out of line, you're like, Oh, there it is again. Like, Nope, you're not taking over my life. We're, you know, here's what we're doing. 
um, because you've been invited on this type of healing journey before. And every time you start to feel bad about yourself when it comes up, it's just another invitation to like kind of do it differently. And it, to me, it reminds me of, you know, we get coaches for all kinds of things, fitness coaches, diet coaches, book coaches, <laughs> intuitive coaches. It's like, yeah, boundaries, self-care, that kind of thing to make sure that you are, you are learning new ways to think about this and get your needs met. And your biggest obstacle with this kind of on a spiritual level is to know that you are you are doing healing work. And I didn't expect this, you know, when I, I invite people on the show, you, 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 you kind of express that interest. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. But the minute we started talking, I'm like, she's actually a healer. She's actually a guide and, and doing like really amazing work with people. And they might not even know when they come to you that they're going to go through a healing process just by you helping them tell their story. And so when you're doing work like that, there's, there's something magical that happens. We don't have to quote unquote hustle the way others may feel like they have to, because you've got these divine appointments and these soul contracts to work with certain people and they will come. And in within that, they, they admire you a lot. So I feel like you don't need to work quite as hard as you think you do to earn their respect or their gratitude. Does that make sense? Do you notice that? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I always get stressed about having to go back to a client to say, I need more time. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, every single time I say that, they're like so chill about it because they know that I'm going to get it done, even if it's not today. They know that I'm taking care and time and attention. And then it's like, well, why did I just get all worked up about that? Why didn't I just say that to begin with? You know, Um, so it totally resonates. The other thing that's really interesting that you said about like divine appointments and they will find you. So three years ago now, two years ago, I went to an intuitive business mentor, I want to call her. And she said to me, she said, you need to stop going after people. Like literally chill (laughs) because people are meant to come to you. Like people are meant to come and find you. Like you are out there, like with the hustle, with the marketing and chasing this and chasing that and feeling like you've got to be constantly like ramping up to get the next whatever she was like people literally need to come to you they are going to seek you out so like relax now have I done that no (laughs) have I remembered that she said that yes and so you reflecting it again again. (laughs) and it's It's like and I'm okay. saying that I'm saying that not being the perfect entrepreneur that sometimes I get wrapped up in that as well and realize when my guides go just stop it when clients when when you're doing one thing to get clients and then your clients come from a completely different place it's like all right well I can't correlate any of this data because it doesn't make sense and it's the only thing that makes sense is you're right spirit you're sending people to me and and that gratitude that happens that dynamic exchange of great I can make a living doing what I love and I get to shine my light and help others heal wow we stay in our hearts with that and just stay present. I think that's pretty much it. Make sure you're not hiding under a bushel, you know, make sure you're out there and people can find you, but otherwise not trying too hard, not giving up too much of your resources and making sure that you take those weekends off, take those evenings off and say, there's the work will always be there the next day. It's the same as a nine to five job. So I'm just in for the long haul. I think it's settling in being heart centered, but settling in for the long haul. Because I've got for you, um, you will get around any obstacles that come your way with grace um, and flow around them. And there's really no right or wrong way to do this. Again, you're, you're, you're very unique in what you do. So it's about just 
being in integrity, using that voice. Yes, saying, hey, this could take three weeks. This could take three months. We'll see once we dig in, but I'll guarantee it within you know a certain amount of time when you know what, what would be the longest amount that it would take. Um, and so what you've got here is you've got an amazing amount of spiritual maturity, but some of the training you got from your an your ancestral line, which would be family of origin, um, messages about productivity and hustle and working hard, um, that's what is controlling this on a subconscious level. So again, mm -hmm. you know, I know you're aware of that, but just calling it out as you see it, saying, is this my voice or is this my such and such family member's voice? Um, or is this coming from some other feeling that I need to prove my worth, then I'll remind myself, I don't need to prove my worth. So <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I like that, but I also like taking my accomplishment identity on a leash like that. Yes. That really resonates. <laughs> yes. Down girl. Not right now. <laughs> Sit. That's no time. There's no time for playing right now. Lay right. down. Yes. Lay down. And here's, here's a treat. Good girl. Here's a treat. <laughs> I'll take you on vacation. <laughs> So absolutely. It, it, at the end of the day, it really is about calming your mind and, and working with, you know, if you want to do law of attraction stuff, you know, following your intuition, you're very intuitive, clear, cognizant already. So the more you lean on that knowledge inside yourself or wisdom inside yourself, um, just see the illusions for what they are. And you can work with that flow. Every time spirit brings you back around to this kind of stress, just remember, okay, I'm learning the lesson. It's just another step in the lesson. So I'll just do better next time and, and don't be hard on yourself about it. Love it. Awesome. Very good. Thanks for letting me share that. I know the listeners probably got a lot out of, out of it as well. So <laughs> I hope so. I would yeah. love to be the example. <laughs> awesome. Good. Thanks well, so thank much. you. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing everything you shared today. This has been a wonderful conversation. It's been great meeting you. And uh, where can people find you if they'd like to learn more about your, your services online? Yeah, um, the, the one-stop shop to find out all the things is really the website. That's where people can learn about services. They, you know, they can jump on the email list. They can read blog posts, so all, the, all that kind of thing. Um, so that's the rightplacerighttime.com. Um, the first right, W-R-I-T-E. And the second right is R-I-G-H-T. So the rightplacerighttime.com. Awesome. Very good. Well, thanks again for being here, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.